Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the biggest studios, I got a crooked mic, it's the Weekend Geek Update. Holy crap. Everything's falling apart in the studio. It's been a while since we've been in here. Smurf here. You can tell Susie's here. One of our sponsors, our other sponsors, Mr. Matt Campbell, uh, Mythica from Action Line Studios, and of course the amazing, the ever-talented video wizard, Vadim. You okay over there? I think you busted a gut. I'm okay. I, I, t- I know. You, you missed the whole conversation before we started. I'm talking about, like, mishaps in studios and, like, my mic, and this all of a sudden it just goes, just, I got a, got a limp mic. Oh, my God. It's been a while. How is everyone? Oh, my God. Between traveling the country for cons and oh, doing yeah. the stuff alone and Colorado Festival of Horror stuff. Oh, but we're back. We are back. I was telling someone just last week. Right. Um, I was trying to explain what it is that we do. And I was like, yeah, we left the house in July and we just got home like two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, we have not been we have no. not been back. No. And it, it is it is very weird. It is very weird. I'm glad I had a blast when we were out on the road, but I'm glad to be home now. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We saw so much stuff. Oh my we gosh. did. Uh, what are Move you doing? I, so I can hit myself in the face with it? Well, I'm not saying you need to headbutt the microphone, <laughs> but you just need to be at least a little bit closer to it. Oddly uh, enough, you're like that? too far away. That's better. <laughs> See? That's that's normal. We're out of practice. I'm out of practice. Yeah. It's okay. So when you're trying to explain <laughs> what we do to people. Uh, the... You know, I was I was at an appointment and they were making small talk and they're like, "Oh, what kind of work do you do?" And I, I answer, "Well, I make chainmail," and that just brings everything to a screeching halt, right? And they look up and they're like, "Like armor? Yeah, I I do that too." And then we do this pop culture podcast where we mostly just laugh at each other and argue about Star Wars and. I, yeah, like that's how I explain what we do. I'm usually a little more eloquent about it, but that's kind of. I the, mean, that's the tall and the short of it, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in our first answer to that question is, well, what day of the week is it? Yeah. Because that, that's a big thing. And it, it, gets, it gets a little muddy for us. It does. To explain what we do. Because, well, because there's. Vadim's easy. He's like, I take yeah. pictures and I make videos and everybody loves me. And, and we're like, yes, we, yes, we do. <laughs> okay for you to be offended by that <laughs> he's so used to it we were at the food event for westward the other night and we're him and i are just cutting up and it was just great actually we, i've missed vadim because we haven't seen him since festival of horror right. and it feels like it's been forever it's only been a month it does seem like it's it been feels forever. like forever right so vadim and i being able to hang out for for a while and make fun Yay. of each other and we have to do our vadim voice because <laughs> 
it's a. I don't know. Because I'm awful at Russian. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, uh, sorry. So we don't. I don't even know where we left off with all the listeners because I've kind of kept people in the loop. Right. There's things that I have specifically not spoken of um, because. <laughs> Um, because it was so ridiculous. Because it was so ridiculous, and I'm like, I need you here to like have a sounding board, so I don't sound like some raving lunatic. Oh my god! Which, let's face it, I mean, even when you're here, I sound yeah. like a raving lunatic. Yeah, it's true. But <laughs> Susie and my my pocket lunatic. <laughs> Light my hair on fire, and I go down and I bother the villagers. Hey, how are you? Um. Yeah, we've just been like I can't even remember the last time I was here. On it's only on been show. a month, which Has is the really? set. It's really, oh it's little, it's realistically been about a month, which is yeah, hard to believe. I don't, uh, you know, I still sometimes when if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm still not a hundred percent sure where I am. I mean, we that was a marathon. That was an amazing that marathon. Was a marathon. New York was a lot of fun. Yes. we had a very interesting. Brush with celebrity. <laughs> We're walking down 34th Street away from the convention center. Susie and um, Jeremy are in front of me. And out of this nondescript <laughs> building on the side of the street, you would think that it's it's a homeless shelter. Well, it was just it was just a building. It wasn't. It wasn't decrepit or anything. No. It was very nondescript. It was very nondescript. And then out of this building comes... Bono. Just, just, I mean, he was literally within arm's reach. Yes. He could have touched him. He walked right in front of me. The best part about that story, though, is that I made a nonverbal noise because it was shocking to me to have Bono literally cross my path. Right. And so Jeremy, not knowing what was going on, held on to me harder <laughs> because he thought I was in distress or something. And so we couldn't, I couldn't get loose to go running up on Bono in the dark on 34, uh, we were on 37th Street, 37th not 34th, Street. Um, which probably would have been pretty terrifying. Well, and to be fair, I'm behind you guys. <laughs> so I see all of this unfold in front of me. Like, all of a sudden, Jeremy tenses up. You, like, you know. <laughs> my eyes dart between the two of you, and I look up casually just to see Bono look at us. Like he's Sasquatch. You know, it's like this rare Sasquatch <laughs> like we, sighting. Like we caught him. Although it's the Bono sighting where he's just kind of like making his move. <laughs> Trying to make sure that there's no paparazzi, that oh you know, gosh. TMZ is not capturing right. his photo right. unbeknownst to him. And it is just it is hilarious that he just looks at us and, and then, then just dives into this just car. Goes about and it was it was just it was milliseconds. It was. Like the it whole was. thing, the whole encounter if it was three entire seconds, that would have been an eternity. We, but I mean, it, it was, was so it so snap. so fast, and we we're just walking. The other part I like about that is, uh, you know, my son lives in New York, and so we were we were visiting with him, and I said, "Oh, Eric, we saw Bono last night," and he's like, "Yeah, mom, people live here." <laughs> Wow, so dismissive. He's like, yeah, you know, hey, well, 
I mean, I know. I saw Bob yesterday. Like, okay. I know people live here, but we're because of because of the differences between New York City and Denver, we're unlikely to just have Bono walk out of a building in front of us here. Yeah, so it's it common was, had to just run into Elway or some right, of the sports figures. Right. But like no like well, actually that's not true. I've run into Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn a number of times. Well, I again that's different because they, they live, live here. here. But yeah, we, we don't get all that often of, right. like we're not a destination location right. for it's, celebrities. It's different. Like if you're in Telluride or if you're in Aspen, that is that's a more common situation. But here in town where we spend most of our time, that doesn't it doesn't happen. Nope. Um, you know, the venues are so far from the hotels that everybody's shuttled around in cars and vans and so it's just not <clears throat> it's just not likely to happen. And what I figured out way after the fact, he's on Bono was on a book tour. He had just put out a book. And so he Bono can write? <clears throat> um, I'm sure he can. So I suspect that that was a gallery of some kind or there was a there was a sign indicating that it might have been um, a talent management company there that we saw in the daylight because that was on our regular path. We weren't just lurking around there waiting to see Bono again. Being all skeevy. Um, Right. (laughs) Can I touch your giant sunglasses? Um, (laughs) They're so much bigger than your head. So I think. That it might have had something to do, that encounter might have had something to do with his book tour or whatever. But it was it was just so shocking. Um, but we were coming off of kind of a shocking moment anyway, because that was mere moments after the coffee shower. Yes. <laughs> we're wandering around the <laughs> convention exactly center. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> wandering around the convention center completely, like non-hostile we're just right. soaking we, everything we set up the Susie q's booth sent eric off to work we were on our way out for the evening and they're still <laughs> they're still unloading we're walking we're right by the whatnot armada i mean whatnot's right. location is right. a fort it is and we're walking around it just to kind of check things out and as we're standing there, there's stuff getting carted in and out, and there's this forklift and all of that. And then all of a sudden, there's this pop noise. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this liquid <laughs> launches into the air. I, Again, I am behind these two. But Susie, somehow, miraculously, <laughs> in the pop and projectile of liquid, was able to spin completely around to cover herself completely in coffee. Oh, my God. So I did not see the coffee cups on the floor. And None I, of us did. And I do not mean to imply that it was what not. Because it doing. caught three boobies. Let's, let's, it, let's, be, let's be frank. Three boobies got caught in that trap. But I stopped because there was a forklift driving backwards. And the forklift driver didn't see the coffee cups. They were Starbucks cups. The coffee was not hot. It was room temperature. Yeah. Lukewarm um, at best. <clears throat> So the the forklift driver was turned all the way around, and he didn't see it either. And I didn't see anything but the forklift. All of a sudden, in true Susie fashion, I'm, like, drenched in coffee. Now I'm sticky, and the only thing I can think to say is, why am I wet? <laughs> There's coffee dripping from my face, <laughs> dripping from my hair. Jerry... 
says there it was all over my back. It was. Um, and then the forklift driver <clears throat> stops. I don't know what he. Well, he heard that pop noise, okay. and he probably was a little concerned of, okay, <laughs> what did I just skish? And he turns around, and I'm standing there like this, just soaked in coffee. So awesome. It seriously is dripping out of my eyelashes. So awesome. And he, this poor man, just looks like he has done this to me. And I, he well, kind, kind of, of he did. He kind of did. Inadvertently, it is But it was fault. totally accidental. Yes. And so he pulls out, this is no live idiom, he pulls out this Costco-sized package of napkins from his under the lift. seat. Just his forklift. <laughs> like, this situation wasn't weird enough. It seriously, it was a whole, like... It was this huge package of napkins. And so... <laughs> Apparently, that a lot. Apparently. That's what we thought. We're like, okay. <laughs> so Jeremy and Swerve are like pulling napkins out of this, trying to get... And I'm just standing there like like I've been shot or something. I can't even move. <laughs> it's like the scene in Carrie where she just got drenched and she just doesn't know what to do. So I'm just waiting for Susie's head to spin. Oh Jeremy's trying to like pad him and her off. And I'm just like... This is just some <laughs> fucked up shit is what this is. The poor forklift driver. He's like, are you okay? Did you get burned? What happened? <laughs> no, all I can. The one pissed <laughs> off thing about this story is none of the whatnot people did shit. No. They just all sat there and like. Somebody. That was it. I don't know if it was them, but somebody left a Vente Starbucks on the floor in a construction zone. Yep. And yeah. That thing is damn near full. It was. And Susie can attest to that because she was wearing most of it. <laughs> My jacket still smells like coffee. She came over to me yesterday <laughs> over in the studio. Does it smell like coffee to you? And I'm like, no. Because she's, you know, I think it's it just was, stuck in your it brain. It was my brand new leather jacket, it was too. It was the first jacket. time I wore it. <laughs> well, so it's not, it's not leather leather. It's, it's well, plastic, yes, we're, we're, we're um, environmentally aware. We are. Uh, well, I am. You are. You. <laughs> I'm harder with my clothes than you are. Well, yeah. yeah. Although um, <laughs> I'm not going to dance in a coffee shower. Oh, my God. That was, you know, moments before we'd been taking our picture with the giant Totoro. We were talking about what we we're going to have for dinner. We were um, talking to other vendors. Yeah. We were, we were, we were, we were making our, our master plan. We were leaving. We were leaving. And then, <laughs> yeah. Then we come up on Bono in the dark smelling like coffee. <laughs> I'm sticky. I don't, uh, well, you know, I don't. You don't do sticky. I don't do sticky. So I'm walking around doing or this. Sticky. because Because my hand, you know, I'm pulling wet wipes out of my purse. It was, it was high so comedy. Good. It was so high good. comedy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, we didn't really hang out with anyone. Neil was a little more elusive than, you know. But he had a full docket in front of him. He he did. I just couldn't, um, you know, the day that they were available, um, we were experiencing some illness issues. And uh, Jeremy was close to having a panic attack. And I thought you were dying. And I damn so, near did <clears throat> die, okay? I'm just telling you. I I watched him turn green. I don't know if you've ever seen that happen. He... He, I don't, I, I don't know good. what happened to him. <laughs> he came in to the booth a little late. He called me. He's like, "I'm going to be late. I'm not feeling so great." And then he comes in, and he's already, you know, he's already a little pale. 
But it just, like, he sat down and I watched, it came up from his neck. I just watched him turn green. And I was like, you have to leave now. (laughs) You have to go. If you don't think you can get back to your hotel room on your own, tell me now. We'll put you in a car. If you think you're dying, tell me now. I'll take you to the hospital. There were some doubts. (laughs) But you can't be here anymore. I, uh, to this day, I am still uncertain what it was that put me in that shape because you and I ate pretty much we all ate the, same the same things. things. Yeah. The only thing that was different was I had an extra piece of pizza and I had another thing of coffee when Tony came by the booth and him and I went to go uh, reminisce. I think <clears throat> I had the only umbrella and it was raining when we walked over there and I feel like your coffee cup got full of New York City rainwater. <laughs> Which that could be a thing. Is my hunch. That is the only thing that um, differs from our. Yeah. Because I had the same ice cream. I had the same pizza. I had the same. I mean, right. Everything. We, Breakfast. Yeah, we same. eat the same food when yeah. we're out there. Um, yes, that is our secret. We're very boring, and we, we eat the same food <laughs> over and over again. So uh, I yeah. disappear <clears throat> for basically a day and a half because. You're dying. I'm dying. Like literally, <laughs> I am. I am at death's door. So I go back to the hotel room and I sleep for. I didn't even get my clothes off. I'm done. I'm <laughs> on the bed all day, all night to the next morning, and I'm still like. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't know what that was. I don't want. I don't. I don't even want to know. Poor Red got a play by play. Like she. She's like, is Smurf dying because? I'm getting some gross text messages. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> it was not pleasant. So anyway, I didn't feel like I could go see the Sandman panel when you were dying and Jeremy was just panicking from the sheer number of people. It was full. And even just from not only what I saw on my stumbling out the door um, and from other vendors and retailers, and we've had mm-hmm. other stories that came in. Sunday was busier than Saturday. Sunday was busier than Saturday. That's the first time in our whole history, the whole history of Suzy Q's, that we did more. We did almost as much on Sunday as we did on Saturday. The crowds were impressive. New York Comic Con, um, I think tentative numbers is 163,000. Is that what we heard the final count was, or was it more? No, it was more. It was over, I believe it was over two. There two, were there were two hundred thousand people. There were a lot of people there. There were a lot of people there. There were a lot of people there. And we had our interactions with Mark Silvestri. Well, because if you remember their early projections, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you're fine. To, their early projections were two sixty. Yes. And I feel very strongly that um, they left that way behind. <clears throat> it was it was massive. It it's, was it, massive. Was, it was more massive than I have remembered in the last few years. Last year, it wasn't nearly that big. Well, Javits just completed. They just completed that extension. So we were in um, the new annex. We were in the new extension. And I, I want to say that was like my numbers could be totally wrong. So don't quote me on this. But I feel like it was like 400,000 square feet, an additional 400,000 square it was feet. It was like a that, huge yeah. addition. And. I was just, uh, you know, we do this all the time. We do this all the time, and I've never seen anything like what we experienced in New York. It was nuts. So um, we got to go hang out with Mark Silvestri for a while. Yeah. Who is... Rad. 
absolutely rad and just like the most <laughs> casual like person we sat in line for a while okay and it's fine we i nerds in lines we, we get it but we get up to mark and i've had interactions with mark in the past and i have this wolverine statue that's based it's on Batman. an x-men cover um where he's turning into a brood and mark and i have talked about this extensively because i want him to sign it but i lucked out in finding the sylvestri oh Batman, the Batman. black and white statue yeah which that was Sylvester cool. wasn't even supposed to be there. No. That statue is impossible to find because of breakages and, and short ships. So we go down there and have him sign it. And I kid you not, what was it, 15, 20 minutes of him sitting there shaking his it was, pen? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It took him a long time to get ready. <laughs> He's just sitting there. How you guys doing? <clears throat> yeah, okay. And we were towards the back of the line. Yeah. But, you know, you can't use a Sharpie on a statue. Like, it's a little different. It's a whole different thing. A whole different thing. Uh, it was fine. It was fun. And we're hearing about his lunch. Yeah, which was apparently not satisfactory. No, he wasn't wasn't happy. (laughs) But out of his mouth, rumors, time to feed the rumor mill. He is talking about coming to Denver next year. Yes, he is. You know, the worst part of that line for me Hmm. was that dude who geek checked us about Zeb Wells. (laughs) Some weird rando dude sitting there eating his lunch. And in, at, Zeb's at Zeb's table. At Zeb's Zeb table. wasn't there that day. I think no. I think that was Sunday. Yes. So Zeb had been and had gone um, because he has, you know, other commitments. And this guy is, like, stuffing chicken tenders in his mouth. And I said, oh, I didn't know Zeb was going to be here. And the guy's like, he looks at me. He's like, I'm not Zeb Wells. I know. Yeah, we both go, we know. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. You are not Zeb Wells. That's okay. And he like he's going on and on. And, he's going and on about She-Hulk. And I know. Like you need to watch it because Zeb had a hand in it. We're like, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. Um, I don't understandably respond to that scenario very well. No. And uh, it just it was it was very hard. I was very tired. I was very overstimulated at that point. And it was uh, it was a big effort for me not to just like punch him. <laughs> uh, chicken tenders. I know. Just <laughs> <laughs> it was close. It was close. I mean, I know I don't look like I'm very scary or intimidating, but I was like hell. You're coming over a table while I got a chicken finger in my mouth. I'm fearing for my life. I'm making peace with God. Like, oh, this is how it ends. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was just, and then the guy in front of us geek checked me too, which oh, those I'm pleased to assholes. say that doesn't actually happen very often to me, but uh, it does happen, and it's just like, now I'm like. It was just so random with those guys. I know, I know. But yeah, Sylvester didn't have like a whole lot to sell, he didn't have any comics, he didn't have any of the new Batmans that came out last week, so it was just like. All right, but I got my statue signed. So, but it was fun to talk with him. It was fun to talk to him. I love talking to Sylvestri. I'm glad that he remembers me, and and I'm happy that if what he's saying is true, he comes to Denver. Right. I had to sit down and talk to Sylvestri. I'll miss it. I know you're going to be in Florida. I'm going to be in Florida. I will be here. Maybe we'll see. Deals to be announced later. (laughs) Um, Speaking of things coming up, Susie is holding her open house December. Third from yeah. 2 to 6 p.m. here in the studio. So if you are interested, go to 5280geeks website, uh, the Facebook page, or suzyqs.com to get the address, the location. Uh, come by, hang out with us, see Susie's office, and you're going to have wares available. Oh, right? we are. Um, 
Red and I and my friend Marcy Lundy from 303 Face and Body are, we're all going to have a little holiday uh, soiree. S- soiree, yeah. Well, it's, is it still a soiree if it's in the afternoon? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Is com- soiree <coughs> specifically afternoon? Soiree was specifically evening. Oh. Yeah. We're late. I mean, it gets dark quicker. I mean, <laughs> let's have it dark at 4 p.m. No one ever said. Right. <laughs> So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put up our booths. We're gonna have everybody's got a holiday special that's going to be available only here. So come and see us and have a little drink and a little nosh and yeah, uh, come see what we've got. Matt will be on the door. I will be at <laughs> Matt the bar. Matt will be on the door. <laughs> if your name's gonna wander around with mistletoe, see if you can get a date. Oh, <laughs> want to smooch from the sexy so, yeah, eligible? If you, if you want to smooch Vadim, come on go. down. <laughs> He will put the swore in the soiree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the team's like, well, shit, I guess I know what I'm doing now. Uh, what else? What else? What else? So um, speaking of New York and Sandman and all of that, and it comes as no small surprise, Sandman yep. Season 2 has been renewed. The trailer is absolutely just haunting with the, yeah. the, 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 the dream helm coming up and – my favorite thing ever. Yep. My favorite thing ever. You watched it for finally. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. You never read the comics, though, did you? I did, actually. Oh, okay. I think I finished the whole series, but I read, like, the first four or five at least. Okay. Um, I need to get back to it. Yes, you but, do. Yeah. <laughs> you may not have to get back to it. We don't even know what they're going to cover right. for season two. I'm very curious to see what they, uh, wh- where they go. I feel like either through intention or through accident um season one followed pretty closely the same stories Mm -hmm. the same part of the story that they told in the audible audio adaptation for uh volume one so also while we were in new york volume three of the audio adaptation came out early um and there were ads for that all over the place and Audible did this pop-up um, immersive encounter in this uh, gallery, and that was extraordinary. Jeremy and I got to see that. Uh, that was the day you were dying, mm. and um, <clears throat> it was incredible. It You go in, and they kind of have you lined up, and then the satyr comes out. I don't know if you remember. There's kind of a one-off story. Kind of like the cat story. Kind of like the cat story. And they're talking about the satyrs uh, from mythology. And a satyr comes out. And then they usher you into this room. And it is a complete immersion into this art experience there um the first section is uh you walk into orpheus's dream before he gets married and he's talking to orpheus and morpheus that's a little uh but it's it was extraordinary and they were encouraging people to take pictures and uh of course they were using the audible um soundtrack so neil gaiman's narrating and at one point you walk into despair's realm and that oh, was can't wait um, to get more into despair. <laughs> that was unbelievable. It was I I don't even have the words, but they had this really neat effect where they had uh panels hanging from like mirror frames hanging from the ceiling and there was some kind of projection against the back wall, but you could only see the projection if you looked through the frames. Oh wow. Um <clears throat> And then, of course, they had, you know, fabric on the walls and actors pushing their hands and faces through the fabric as you go into this 
room. Um, and then if you remember from the comics, uh, Morpheus and Delirium go on a road trip <coughs> in search of destruction. And they end up in a strip club and so there was this little vignette about that but the dancer was covered in mirrors like a disco ball Ooh, uh, <laughs> spectacular it was it was it was phenomenal it really um as you all know i am a huge huge sandman fan i love everything having to do with sandman and so getting to experience that uh, was just unreal. Like, everything about it was unreal. Right. Because I know, and I feel bad because with everything that happened, I wasn't able to go over and meet Mason Alexander Park, mm-hmm. uh, who has done a spectacular job. They are also on Quantum Leap. Yes. And I, I, I actually really impressed with their acting skill, and I want to I want to talk to them. Yes. I, I'm absolutely, and how convincing they are in Sandman as Desire, and it's just... It was amazing. It is amazing. It, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, everything about that was phenomenal. And there were so many great Sandman cosplays, too. We met a young man who built the helmet for his brother. Um, he, This young man is a costume fabricator, and so kind of imposes on his family members to wear the costumes that just he makes. Just a little bit. Uh, there was this beautiful young woman uh, dressed as Kirby's iteration of death. And she was, I met her at the art exhibit and then she came to the booth the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Delirium. I've picture. I've posted pictures of that on my Instagram. Uh, it was just, it was just very, it was very present. There was a lot of Sandman buzz, which is great because, you know, for many years, it's been a if you know, you know kind of a thing. I mean, it's huge, and lots of people did know about it, but it wasn't as present no. as it as it was this past convention. Nope. Uh, so we'll stop boring you with Sandman. We'll, we will anxiously await <laughs> season two. Uh, and Good Omens. Good Omens. Good Omens is lurking right around the corner, but we will wait for that to land because so much, yeah. so much, so much. Um, while we were away, we did get a lot of messages. I responded to you that I could. I apologize right. if I have not gotten to you yet, but I will. Uh, but there was one question um, that came through that I wanted to throw out. I'm not going to go through the whole letter, but it was building off of something that I had said about uh, – I, I, I was talking about someone who went down like a champ. Okay. You know, the, it's the final moment and, you know, it's, it's death. So they die. Uh, so in that realm, they asked this question, what death scene in a movie has been the most touching or impactful for you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that is an excellent question. It is so an excellent question. So thank you. Question. Anyone who's got questions, DM me. Send it through the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, but I had, like, two immediately pop to mind. Okay. And I know I'm going to, uh, everyone's going to laugh at the first one. Okay. Death of Optimus Prime. Oh, my God. You're such a nerd. I know, but oh, my God. You're like, Optimus Prime just died. And you got to think. Little wee, wee me just saw Legend, the ultimate Autobot leader. Huzzah. Done. Dead. Gray. Dust. What's happening? Did you cry? 
Did you get misty? I maybe have got. I mean, did that you was get a little? So did you get a little? I mean, I, I wasn't like I really wasn't like a wee me. No, but, I know. I mean, I'm short anyway. But um, <laughs> I mean, I was. It, I was. It was still kind of like, oh my god, because they went. They routed the Autobots, of course, right. the licensing and all of that. And right, if you haven't right. watched Transformers the movie, what the hell is wrong with you? But the whole like they waxed like all of Gen One. There's Holy only crap. like there's only like three that make it through, right? Uh, Jazz and Bumblebee, you know, the most noti- notable. Uh, but everyone else just either disappeared or had this glorious death scene in in the movie. I probably got a little misty. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That was that was that was <laughs> horrific. After watching, you know, the last couple of years of Transformers cartoons, and you get right. attached. Right. I mean, I was more upset about Prowl eating shit than I was, like, Optimus at first. Because, you know, he gets blasted and flames come out of his mouth. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this movie? <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of get, like, <clears throat> weathered. Right. You get tempered. Right. right. But the other one um, is from The Kingsman. Okay. When Merlin steps in the landmine. Yes. And, um, he, and that's why I was singing Country Road, because... John Denver is his is right. his favorite right. American um, artist, but Merlin knocks off Iggy on the landmine and just I mean that was just oh, even now just thinking about it, I'm like <laughs> Merlin, <laughs> but I, I mean those are probably my those are probably my two like. Oh, I mean, even like Saving Private Ryan when what's his name gets the the, right. the shank through. I mean, because that was just slow, and you're like, oh, like that's more cringy right. than impactful, and that's kind of like where I, I drew the line of like anything that got an emotional response, not just like oh, oh, you know, are those two right there? Those are the two emotional ones that I can think of like immediately. Like that's it for me, and I and I know I've told this story on the show before. It it is. Rogue One. When, oh yes. When so, I started weeping the minute they left for Scarif. Like there was. Oh, so you already knew you had a pretty good inclination that that was Dunskis for them. Well, right? yeah. I mean, because if they came home successful and heroic, where have they been? Right? Like you, you can do the math. The math doesn't lie. Math does not lie. And we no. were we were in we were in, I think we were at the Alamo and in. in Aspen Grove and there was a guy and like his foreign exchange student friend like this guy was from Italy or something like that but anyway uh, they're sitting next to us the non-native English speaker is sitting next to me and I start sniffling and weeping and then as it as that story progresses I am just out and out bawling and this guy is like are you okay? What's wrong with you? He's like, do we need to take you out of here? Like I have never, he's, he's, and he's just talking at this point because I am weeping so loudly and um, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the premiere or anything, but um, he's like, are you okay? What's wrong with this woman? I've got handfuls of, of napkins and Kleenex and I'm like hiccuping and, uh yeah, and then when that wave comes out, well, I knew it wasn't going to end happily when they no. blew up Jetta, right? Like, no. like we saw, why we see Saul Guerrero, who's yeah. had this huge history in Star Wars, right? We've never seen it, but he's always mentioned. He's always in the background. We get like kind of like 
low-hanging fruit in, mm-hmm. Ro- er, in Rebels and yeah. Clone Wars and all of that. But to <clears throat> see this legend just get wiped right. out. Because why do they open testing the Death Star cannon if they're not going to use it? Right. right. So, like, as soon as they blew up Jetta, I was like, okay, this is this – is, and, and to this day, we call Rogue One the sadness. I – was prepping for Starfest one year and we were watching it and I cried all over the jewelry I made. So, you know, I cleaned it. I got a Clorox wipe well, and I course. cleaned it. And then we offered that selection at, at a discounted rate because I cried on it. <laughs> there was a little it's sign. The sadness jewelry. It's exactly. There was, exactly. There was a little uh, sign on the booth that says, I'm sorry I cried on this bracelet. We were watching the sadness. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I cried like... I don't even know. I cry during Andor because I know what's coming. Like, I weep a little bit while I'm watching Andor. We'll get to Andor, Andor. in a second. Because uh. <laughs> that is on the – that's actually next because you're doing a perfect segue into that. Yeah. So that's what um, – And I have to agree because it feels so like Reach with Halo and you know you know the ending. You, mm-hmm. know, how, you know how this has to go. And, you, and all the preparedness you can have – it is st- when they're just kneeling on the beach, right. and you just see that. I know like, that wave, that wall of water, and you're just like oh. the, the just that the. I'll admit I'm a little more into Star Wars than like regular people are, and so it's it's a more emotional experience for me. And all I can think of is that moment is I have completely suspended my disbelief. I'm right there on the beach of Scarif with them. And all I can think in that moment, every time, look, I'm getting weepy now. It's like, oh my God, you're sacrificing so much so that the rebellion can continue. Look, like, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) it is, it is a big, it is a big emotional situation for me every time. Anything else? Is that the big one? There's, uh, on the completely other end of the spectrum, uh, you know I love Downton Abbey. And one of the characters dies during childbirth in Downton Abbey. And she is, like, the youngest of the main characters. And she has her whole life ahead of her. And it's just, like, it's so tragic and horrible. And because that really still happens. Like, women die in childbirth every day. Right. And so because it's – because of the – the way they play the scene and because of the circumstances you're just like just maybe not you but i just am crying i've never watched downtown abbey and crying i know it's downtown abbey but <laughs> i just like saying downtown abbey someone always would because you're, because you're dismissive of things that you don't care about <laughs> i just did it because it would wind that person up and she's like no it's downtown abbey you mean downtown abbey no and i'm like <laughs> Ah, I got you. And I'm sure there's others. I mean, I know that you spring these on me so we don't have time to think about exactly. it and get a more a, a more off-the-cuff answer. Right. But, you know. Because that's the ones. I mean, you want the emotional ones. Yeah. Redeem, you got one? Terminator 2, Arnold, going down. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I know why you cry now. <laughs> Best answer Ever. Oh my gosh! I, I totally, totally on that one. All right. <laughs> Any I mean, just. Yep. Now I know why you cry. <laughs> you my hero. Oh my god! Yeah, that was <laughs> just so harsh. 
<laughs> so speaking of Andor, um, lots of stuff has popped up over the last couple of days. Uh, Tales of the Jedi. Uh, the, I loved that. Which has been spectacular. I, yes. I don't. I have not finished it. I think I only have like one or two episodes left because the last episode when um, we got oh what's her name not Yoder Yodel uh, Yodel thank you Yodel's story that crosses over with Dooku yeah I have problems with I know I'm telling you to leave that behind though I know and I am <laughs> I'm a little annoyed because it does change a few perspective things in regards to Anakin and Obi-Wan and it really just seals like one of the conversations which is good right. on Grogu yes so there is that, but it's still kind of like one of those, mm, I wasn't happy. And it's okay to not be happy, but you have to let it go because we, we, <laughs> we live in the new Star Wars universe now. And it was jarring and upsetting when all of the legend stuff got cut, but that's, we don't live with that anymore. We don't. And Dave Filoni did bring a lot of it back. Um, I am surprised he did that route, though. Well, I'm very. I mean, I would like to. I mean, I haven't seen any behind the scenes on that yet. I mean, all in all, Tales of the Jedi is really good. It is really good. The the whole you know parallels and the stories and past behind Ahsoka mm-hmm. and Dooku because Dooku we we really don't have a whole lot on. No, if you're. If you're the level of Star Wars nerd that we are, we knew about we knew about Dooku, but that's not necessarily, you know, common. top level mm-hmm. common information. It's um, and I don't think people realized how long he was a Jedi either. Because right. uh, he was Yoda's Padawan, and then he trained Qui Gon. Trained Qui Gon, which <clears throat> oh my god, he's in there for like a minute. I know it's great. It, it it's awesome, but it's like. Wait, I want, I want, can we get, go backwards, I want more of that. <laughs> well, but you and I were talking about that the other day. They, that's a story that's probably not likely to be told. No. Because for broad consumerism, we like cut and dry, very good guy, bad guy stories. And that's not Qui-Gon Jinn's story. No, Qui-Gon is a very <clears throat> gray Jedi, even though they say that does not exist. Right. But he would be my first he, choice of a gray Jedi. He's... A little, yeah, he's a little closer to the line. Like he, some would argue that um, Mace Windu is closer to that line than not. But at the end of the day, Mace is always going to do his duty. The mm-hmm. problem with Mace Windu is that he's always going to do his duty literally, and there is no flexibility there. Which is, and we see that in Tales of the Jedi we as do. well. There is no flexibility. You're going to do what you're going to do, what we have asked you to do, and that's the end of it and we're not going to take any circumstances into consideration but Qui-Gon Jinn is much more flexible where Mace Windu is much more rigid mm-hmm. and that's where he gets into trouble yep and that's that's, that's why he gets into trouble <laughs> but when you're dealing with like the Andor side um, we're seeing the, the birth of the rebellion and I thought we were going to see uh, General Nadine right because uh, there's so many characters that are going on in Andor right now that you're trying to figure out. You're trying who, to place them. Yeah, for like who, who's New Hope, who's who's makes right. it all the way to Jedi, who are 
all of the players. Saul Guerrera, of course, is running I love, around. I love still. Saul Guerrera so much. And you know, <clears throat> we see all of the characters that showed up in Solo. Right. So I mean, they are connecting it very intricately, and in how they're orchestrating this this tapestry is really. What I love the most about Andor is that this is the first time that we're seeing the 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 Empire. Mm -hmm. So I know that sounds like a dumb thing to say, but stick stick with me. We came into this story in the literal middle. We meet this dopey farm kid and this bonkers old man and this, you know, gunslinger with a giant dog. And they they tell us, right? They tell us the empire's bad. Okay, sure. You're you're the man guy. We believe you. The empire's bad. But we don't really see, uh, pardon the pun, but we don't see the boots on the ground. We don't get this angle of the empire until Andor. Yeah. We, we don't. Seen it. There's just rumors of the oppression right, of the empire, right? All of the stuff that they have taken from people, and not to say that you shouldn't take, you know, that brand of fascism at face value. But this is the first time, as the audience, that we're seeing it, that we're experiencing. <laughs> Fly with those fuckers. It's great. So I just, you know, we haven't seen how the firsthand oppression, we haven't seen, I mean, that moment where they make this unilateral decision in that meeting to change all of the punishment, all of the, all of the sentencing, just wholesale. And to even see, seeing the repercussions, not only seeing them make the decision, but then the immediate repercussions that we see Mm -hmm. on Andor himself. Mm -hmm. As he's he's just basically just trying to exist, and I think that resonates a little bit because that that kind of thing is happening every day, not yes. just in America but in the Western world, where someone is caught up in a situation, whether they have anything to do with it or not, whether their involvement is circumstantial or not, and all of a sudden they are imprisoned or beaten to death Scooped or whatever you it. know, and so that makes that. It hits home a little bit more. Um, it's, it's a bit grittier than you expect. And, of course, the environment in which they are in is probably way more, I mean, I wouldn't say hospitable than, you know, what right. current world are. I mean, but, I mean, they're well, they're well taken care of. They're, they're fed. They're, they're not. If you're imperial, you are. Yeah. If you're imperial, you are. Yeah. And this is, this is exaggerating those lines that have been drawn. This is. And what another thing, and you and I talked about this very briefly and then cut it off so we could talk about it here, is that. Um, the I, fact that there's like no aliens and droids because we're in we're in the core. Well, core systems. Yes, because there's no. The Emperor we, was all about purification and, and one race. And they talk about this in the books. It's been prevalent in all of the, the yeah, material. Hum, humans first. There's mm-hmm. no, no there's no aliens else. in the interior. The, if they are there, they're subjugated. And it just, it, it we just haven't seen this view before. No. We haven't seen the bureaucracy of it before. And... Jeremy was saying the other day, he's like, I'm struggling with Mon Mothma because she's so authoritative in the original trilogy. And I was like, well, how do you think she got there? Yeah. How do you think that happened? I'm really digging her story. And my money is her husband sells her out. 
I think so too. Although I'm a little concerned about her friend. Well, and see, he's the one that I thought that was General Nadine because it's very they leave these names kind of like hanging out there. Right. They use first names. Yes. And I'm trying to like my childhood friend, Bob. And that could be a nickname for all I know. Right. So it's just, it's very, oh, um, and what I was struggling to remember (laughs) in that moment (laughs) is that what we don't talk about very often is that the rebellion until New Hope is really, until the incident of Scarif even, is really individual cells. Mm -hmm. It doesn't unify until right around the time of Luke Skywalker and and things like that. And so that's what makes room for Saw Gerrera and his story and how he's so... And I that, as much as I love Saw, I got really irritated with him being so combative. Like, dude, you live in a cave. Take... Take Tony this, take this gig, yeah. <laughs> take this gig and be helpful instead of angry. And you know, like on the other side of the trilogy, we have the trailer that came out a month ago for Mandalorian season three. Yay. Moff Gideon has been <laughs> heavily rumored to have a new suit. Yes. He's somehow not in prison. I know because he's a moff. I get it. But <laughs> damn. I mean, he that was whoop, right out. You have an interesting theory that you think do. Moff Gideon is a clone. I think he is a clone. I think he comes from, because as we saw. In, well, everyone thought he was dead. Yeah. Everyone thought he was dead, and then he showed up again. And we have seen the Emperor's cloning facilities. We are aware that that's what Palpatine was doing. Um, so I think How did he end up with the Black Saber? I, the Dark Saber? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. It's very interesting, and I like the theory. I, I would say just offhand, he was part of the Scourge of Mandalore, which... Maybe he the got the, up in that the one. guy yeah. was part of the scourge of Mandalore, and then Aura Gideon was always a clone. Anyway, <clears throat> I think he was there, and for my money, that that was an emotional scene watching this the scourge of Mandalore last season. Oh, yeah, that was because we'd never seen that never before. Seen that before. Um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, so I think he's a clone. Uh, I, I think someone wait. else's mom is a clone. And <laughs> can't wait. Uh, also, while we were away, the premiere of Black Adam hit. Uh, I have not seen it. A lot of our team members have. We have the review up. Um, <clears throat> fans are of a mixed boat, but of the fans, most of them are leaning towards this is great. The critics, not so much. I was going to say, I saw a review of it that said this is the most non-entertaining thing <laughs> that I had ever Aww. seen. Like, it was it was incredibly harsh. The one, the only takeaway that we've seen so far, and Susie and I were watching this, is just what a class act Pierce Brosnan right? is. Right? So the premiere happens, okay? And... Um, it looked like they were at... It, it's a, the Chinese theater, it it's like changed the ownership theater. again, so yes. I don't, it's like GST, Chinese theater or something. Something like that. But, it, I mean, um, it's, it's awfully, obviously the big gala. Right. There's banners, there's red carpet. Pierce Brosnan suited up, you know, looking suave. Looking like, he like does. James Bond yeah. still with just gray hair. Yeah. Sean Connery is just, how do you keep your hair? You know, it's shit like that. But <laughs> Pierce Brosnan is walking and he stops. 
and he looks to his right, and over off of the off the side of the barricade are cosplayers yeah. there for the premiere. He walks over. He goes out of his way. He walks over and he starts fist, fist bumping people, and he starts signing stuff. He gives he gives the you know Remington Steel James Bond jaw, you know. You know, as he signed in, <laughs> he takes selfies with people. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, and this he, is just spectacular. I'm sure the fans were calling out to him, but he approached them. He did. He walked across the road to engage with people. He stopped. I mean, he literally just stopped his stride, you know, yes. and then he just kind of looks over. And just, yep. saw, you know, this cool, elegant slide yeah. across the red carpet over to the nerds. I, that was amazing. It was, it was, ama- it was, I, I, it was amazing. I had to call that out because it was so. It was so nice. I mean, it's one thing for like The Rock to do it, right? You know, because that's kind of who he that's is. That's kind though. of who he is. But let's face it, Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> I consider a very serious actor. Yeah, a very a, committed to the craft. There's a difference. There is, and and one is not better than the other. But no. there is a difference. Well, Rock's an entertainer. Yes, I would expect if Rock coming down and those <clears throat> nerds are not paid attention by The Rock, I would be offended. I would right. be like. Come on, dude. I mean, right. This is your this is your bread and butter. You've been doing this for decades. But Pierce Brosnan, who's right? No, it was great. I love I love to see that. I yeah. love to see like even if you don't want to engage with the fans, if you you know use your acting skills and pretend, and that's one thing. But I and I I can appreciate uh, going back to our first topic today that it can be scary when people approach you suddenly Mm -hmm. uh sometimes in the dark Ah! i I get that um and just because you're a public figure doesn't mean you have to hand over your entire life to the the public but these are the people that helped you get to where you're going by buying your movie tickets by buying your records so just you know if they're not being inappropriate like you don't have to submit and sign autographs or take selfies in the bathroom but <laughs> you know if people are approaching you the most awkward <laughs> selfie ever well i had to <laughs> do you remember the first time you went on the road with us mm-hmm. and i had to tell you like because somebody i know was working for me was wearing a Susie q's tag approached one of the guests in the bathroom and started talking to them like while this guy's at the urinal and i'm like no 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 i can't believe i have to tell an adult person this but you can't ask for interactions while people are peeing that's so rude uh (laughs) so anyway (laughs) uh so there you have that uh we'll let you know as far as uh everything else comes up on on that side um the trailer that came out that i'm most anxious and fearful of has to be the christmas story 2 trailer for oh my god i'm so excited Everybody is back. Ralphie's back. Mom is back. I know. Ralphie's got kids. I know. They're going back to Minnesota or Wisconsin. I don't know. Indianapolis. Which. Indianapolis. Yeah. I swear to God, that looks like Minnesota or Wisconsin. Well, no, because oh, it came out there. it does. <laughs> Edit that the fuck out. Keep it. Keep, keep it. it. Yeah, yeah, I keep it. I I, I will give you candy if you keep it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Christmas Story too. The no. whole the whole crew is back. I know. I as can't adults. wait. And we don't. We only have to wait till next week. We only have to wait till next week. It is on HBO Max. Yeah. Um. The trailer is up now. I will include it if you go to fifty two eighty geek I will actually have the trailer down at the bottom when I post this. But um, 
it is it, Ralphie looks good. He does look good. It's uh, a guy I know was in that movie. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was in uh, in the original. He grew up in the Midwest there and mm-hmm. uh, played in a school marching band. And so when they're um, at the Christmas parade before they go into the department store, yeah, Chris is in that, and uh, I think it's so. I know that 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 movie tells the story of a different period of time, yes. and not everybody likes it, and there it can be viewed as problematic for our current um, morality. But I that's love that was. movie. I mean, it's it's not it's not a jab. It's not it. That's just how the way things were then. We've we've educated, we've grown as a society. People are you know enlightened, yeah. and that's that's the course of life. But uh, to see that picture. In that moment in time, right? I think is priceless. I I do too. I think it's it, it tells it tells such a specific story that even if you're not from that time period, mm-hmm. that's what Christmas time it was as a kid was. Even if that wasn't your literal Christmas time, that's what that's the catalog would come in the I mail know. with all of the stuff for Christmas, and you're leafing through going. I mean, it was it I was know. a different time, and it was spectacular, and it was awesome. I am wondering if they're going to do some of the same jokes. Because I already saw the I, trailer, the Santa pit is still there. <laughs> and I'm like, and I love that the, in the trailer, Ralphie's all like, don't get kicked in the face. Just, <laughs> I know. I know. And all everybody looks like, hmm? what are you talking about? Yeah, don't ask. So my sister was always afraid of characters like that. Like, right. uh, I remember a birthday party where uh, the costume character came out and all she did was scream. Like, I've got the birthday picture from that. It was her birthday, but she was just screaming. And Eric was like that, too. When he was about two years old, we waited forever to see Santa. We got up there. He looked at Santa, looked at me, screamed in my face, and climbed my head. And then <laughs> we never saw Santa after that. That's, that's the end of that. And that's so, how that ended. Yeah, I really relate to that kid's screaming because that, that again, was part of not only my childhood, but part of my adulthood, too. And the, the best play, and the whole reason behind the story, I think, is probably the best, is the story behind Ralphie and his dad uh-huh. and the relationship because that that is the, the underlining conversation in the it first is. film. It is. And for him to just kind of like – and you kind of see it in, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Which is my other favorite which is Christmas another, movie. Which is another classic. And you have that conversation be, between Clark and his dad. And Ralphie's having the internal dialogue right. about, Dad, you made this look so easy. Mm-hmm. And they reference directly to him that he's gone. He's passed. And that's why he's back home. Yeah. And it – I mean, it, it – <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I'll give just, you both pieces of candy if you leave the tears in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, and that, and it is, and it is, it's very heartwarming, and I'm very excited to see this next week. Um, and yeah. I know Guardians of the Galaxy's Christmas special right around the corner, right. um, which I, I will bring in to our next conversation as James Gunn has been. Um, basically appointed the top of the DCU I saw that. So with this in place, should the Snyderverse be restored? Should we let Snyder finish this? I I have no opinion on this because I don't have any nice things to say about the DC movies. They They don't speak to me in any way. I've seen almost none of them. Uh, In fact... 
I have so little interest in it that I kind of watched Suicide Squad on cable one day. So, like, it just, it doesn't, I, I have nothing to say about it because it doesn't resonate with me. So uh, it's, it's very interesting because there's a lot of people that are now, like, rising up to bring up, okay, so Snyderverse should be restored. Let him finish it off, which I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds of it because I don't like how – because the next installment is Batman uh, and Superman together. Superman, mm-hmm. Batman mm-hmm. versus Superman versus Batman, which mm-hmm. Superman versus Batman pissed me off because let me get this straight. You're going to turn General Zod, who's a badass on his own, into Doomsday. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> well, I, I, that's been my problem with all of this is that it's been inconsistent. It doesn't seem to follow the source material very well. Like, it doesn't... Uh, and again, I could be very wrong because I haven't seen many of these things. It just doesn't it doesn't resonate with me. I don't like their choices in actor. Like, I am not a Ben Affleck fan at all. Batflick. Um, so I don't you know like it just doesn't it just doesn't resonate with me. It does and I'm, I'm <clears throat> curious to see what they do because everyone wants to see Legends of Tomorrow get their final their final due. Right. Um, which they never got because they got whacked. Batwoman, they want to see some kind of, you know, wrap-up kind of well, they're conclusion. Not gonna, they're not going to get not, that. They can to finish movie. They're not going to. Yeah, they're not going to go back not, to a TV series. No, no, and no, like, no, hey, no, let's no. bring this back. No, no, no. I'm, I'm excited to see what Gunn does. Based on Peacemaker and that whole series, which it was so much more for a hit than for me than I honestly thought it was going to right. be. Right. But I can I say something that's going to be very controversial <gasps> on this show? What's I mean, that? it's going to be very controversial. I think this will resurrect my hater. Okay. I think James Gunn, as much as I like him, I think he's kind of a one-trick pony, and that shtick is getting is starting to wear on me. If you because <laughs> Taka Watiti. <laughs> I I believe the same thing, and I, I'm, right. I'm almost on the same board with you with Gunn, but I reserve that rate because seeing Gunn's come up through like Slither and you know working with uh, Lloyd Kaufman and mm-hmm. just seeing that the growth that Gunn has had, Taika keeps doing the same jokes and dipping in the same pool. Right. But to your point, the second Suicide Squad is very reminiscent of Guardians. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean it, that's it what I'm saying. Very reminiscent of Guardians, <clears throat> and I will be curious to see how Guardians closes out, right? Because Gunn came back to mm-hmm. finish it, and now we're going further. We don't know. There was no mention as far as what Gunn's first role as uh, in charge of the DC Studios uh, and his role as CEO. So it well, it's, it's very reserved yet. But um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not over here wishing for him to fail i hope he succeeds i you know this is a dream job for anybody who gets it i hope he can realize that dream and do something great i just feel for my money i just feel like he's a little bit of a of a one-hit wonder and um maybe i'm wrong i don't think you're wrong um i'll be curious to see what his, his like i said his first initial decisions, right, uh, will will set will set the landscape. And it's not like Abrams coming in with more lens flares than we know what to do with. Right. Okay. I I I, I flushed Star Trek. Here comes Star Wars. <laughs> I'm gonna get those bitches good. I don't think. 
you know, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to I'm going to fall back to my standard position. It's really easy for us to criticize here. We've got nothing on the line. We didn't create it. We, we don't have no to dogs in the fight. We don't have to answer to anybody about it. And I think, you know, in the moment, it might have seemed like a good idea. It might have seemed like a strong story. It might have seemed like whatever. But in the application of it. And then again, as you and I talk about regularly, we struggle with, we want something new, but don't you dare change it. Don't change it. <laughs> Look, don't touch. Touch. Right. Don't taste. Right. And right, so. But don't fuck it up. So that's, that's a scary position to be in, especially with things like comic book films, Star Wars, Star Trek, because we have bad boundaries as, boundaries. as fans and take a lot of ownership of these properties when we aren't entitled to them. Well, speaking so. of interesting boundaries to go along with this story, the Witcher fans are probably all in uproar as Henry Cavill is leaving the show after the third season. So he, Isn't that his show? Like, it is kind of his show. Don't you need the he, Witcher he has, to be in the Witcher? <laughs> well, and he is, I mean, he has to find that character and they're saying it has nothing to do with him being signed back on as Superman. Superman. Um he's he, he was quoted saying this not that long ago and I don't know the source. Okay. So don't at me. Do it, do it. Yeah, do it, it anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> His direct quote is, I've been on a show, namely Witcher, where some of the writers were not fans or actively disliked the books and games, even actively mocked the source material. It's a recipe for disaster and bad morale. Fandom, as a litmus test, checks ego and makes all the long nights worth it. You have to respect the work before you're allowed to add to its legacy. Which I think is a very profound <laughs> statement, given... Well given Cavill who basically came in he laid down the law with the writers right I want this I want this I want this right they gave it to him and it was a hit so here here's where I am he's not wrong he's not wrong but we don't need that kind of gatekeeping we don't so, so if you like, I think it comes down to the writer's individual choice. If you don't like the source material, maybe it's time to consider a different occupation or a or different write for gig that you like. Right. Instead of instead of tearing down, but also I'm that's that's a dangerous spot for Henry Cavill to be in because he his voice carries a lot of weight mm-hmm. and. Whether he meant for it to be gatekeeping or not, that's how it's coming out to me. That's how I'm interpreting it. Like, if you're not going to do it my way, you can go, and my way is the only valid way. And so it gets very muddy. I understand it's not a cut-and-dry situation, but, I, you know, we need to consider how things sound sometimes before we say them. Right. Because, I mean, basically he's saying, um, and he said this in interviews, it's not for less money when trying out for the role, who slept, you know, in the costume, who gushed about the game in interviews. Uh, He didn't quit for lack of money or scheduling conflict. It's the dislike for the source material. And, of course, stepping into his um, tunic or armor or whatever. I was trying to be clever. Uh, (laughs) Liam Hemsworth, uh, Chris Hemsworth's brother, and from The Hunger Games will be uh, replacing Cavill. So, I mean, at least... So they're going to recast. They're going to recast. I'm sure there will be some sort of explanation, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he looks different in all the games anyway, so... 
I don't. Who's to if say? you just recast, I don't think you need to. I don't explain. think anyone's going to care. To be honest <laughs> like, with you, I mean, at least I mean, at least we're not going from you know Henry Cavill to Tom Cruise. I mean, that would just be awkward. At least Hemsworth <laughs> is in the same vicinity as size. You're so funny. I know. <laughs> I mean, I would even have been fine with like a scars guard. Let's get one of the scars guards right? in there. I don't. I. I mean, I'm. I've enjoyed <laughs> the stories for The Witcher season three. I'm looking forward to, but I don't. At least it's not because of Superman. So all right. of the nerds can just calm down. It's not because of anything that you know DC imposed on him. This is his own way of bowing right, out. Right. So that's fine. That's. Good for you, Henry. Good for you, Henry. <laughs> Take a bow. Here's an Oreo. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, I don't know. That's so funny. So I have to have your reaction. I know we're, okay. getting, we're getting close to time. Um, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. We had a regeneration recently. Uh-huh. And what do you think? I don't know. <gasps> I haven't really? seen it. Haven't you haven't seen it. seen it? No, remember, I'm woefully behind because okay. we've been really busy. Okay. And I have been watching K-dramas instead of sci-fi, except for we stopped to watch um, Foundation on Apple TV. Stunning. Very, Stunning. very impressive work on that. Um, that was so good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm behind. There's a new logo for the new yes. Doctor Who by BBC and uh, them teaming up with Disney+. Plus. It's kind of reminiscent of a previous Doctor with the uh, new Doctor colors. Uh, we'll post that up on uh, this video and the page. I'll be sure to send that to you, Vadim. Um, but David Tennant coming back. I can hardly wait for you to watch it and you can tell me what you think. Chimnall did not do a bad job. Right, right. He didn't direct it, but he did write it. Mm-hmm. There's some throwbacks we get a lot of like refreshes and it's nice to see some older doctors make appearances they finally acknowledge a doctor that um we've only seen once on screen twice actually but um (laughs) i was very i was very happy about that uh but i'll wait for you to yeah i need to catch up uh final topic and i know this will take i won't let you go long on this one okay but Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, you, my God. You and I. <laughs> you and I have had many. And it, we can save this for the next time if you want. Uh, no, it's up to you. I, I'm i okay. I, I, have a lot of, I have a lot to say about this. but Should we save it? Should we tease this you. for the next episode? It's up to you. I will say okay. that this is one of my deep knowledge subjects. Like, this is, yes. my, this is my jam. And I will fight about this. Okay. <laughs> so then in that case... We will save Lord of the Rings versus House of Dragons for the next cast. That was so boring. God, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was. I tried. I really did. And at the, I mean, we finally get some action at the end, and what they do—that's their choice. Well, oh. it's it's. I know it's it's the book. It's, it's the, book. the book. The source, we blame the book. The source material is told as a history instead of a novel, which is what the original book was. It's it's a whole thing. Like I can also go on and on about that. It was not the actor's fault. No, not the actor's fault. Was Probably not. not even the writer's fault. No. It's just just the way it was. Just the way it was. Just. <laughs> Just how that went. Uh, if you would like to complain about our opinion of Lord of the Rings, you can find Smurf 
Come on. Come and get yeah. me. So yeah. we'll save that. We will save that for next week because that is such a huge uh, yeah. topic. Uh, Harry Potter fans are bracing for their worst nightmares as uh, a reboot uh, is evidently in the works, which I don't know why. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, and this came out yesterday, and we'll close on this. Uh, Carnival Row, which I really thoroughly enjoyed. Great show. Season two is finally coming, and it will be the final season. Okay. I didn't watch it. It was on Amazon. It was a decent show. You watched it, right? Um, it was very steampunky, fantasy kind of mm-hmm. different creatures. and. I'm aware of it, but it wasn't. And, and you know, I mean, I, somehow I mean, to it didn't Orlando appeal Bloom to me. Naked all of the time, but you right. know, hey, it's, it's fine. But I actually am very excited to see this come back. Uh, especially, I mean, it might be a little bit too long since the, the first season premiered in 2019. Oh, wow. Uh, that seems like so long ago, so doesn't it? So freaking long <laughs> ago. Um, so what they're going to do is try to get everyone involved and hooked back up on this. They're going to be releasing two episodes uh, each week. Oh, wow. Which, with episodes one and two arriving February 17th. Uh, and then following therein, two episodes till the end, which will be March 17th with episodes 9 and 10. Contractual obligation. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> My only fear is that they, they, they rushed through this because they had really done a well job of crafting this world and the the races and uh-huh. how they're coexisting but they're fighting and all of that they took time to craft that story and if they kind of just flagrantly toss it out the window i'm going to be a little bit more upset with that i'm excited to see what they do but if that's the result i might as well just go back to watching house of dragons right at least that way i, I got in a good nap <laughs> you know they they started House of Dragons at the wrong period of time. I think they, they I think they would have had a better audience if they started with uh, Conqueror. Um, that's just me. And there's nothing wrong with political intrigue, but maybe we are experiencing so much real life political <laughs> intrigue that it's kind of yeah. it's hard to be like. Uh, we can we could use a little detachment, right? Oh, you poor baby! Your entire government is run on her- hereditary structure, and uh, you have no none of you have any qualifications to lead. But you're going to get to lead. I, I, it's just it's like a little bit. I'm, I'm sorry, ten year old. <laughs> My liberal slip is showing, but um, I just it just it's hard to it's hard to get on board with that. Yes, it's, and it's. The show is beautifully shot, and the air, and the characters are, or the actors are doing an excellent job. But it's just kind of a struggle. Reading the book was kind of a struggle too for me. It was just like I never finished it. Ugh. I chucked it. I got like two, three chapters in, and I'm like, oh hell no! Right, and it went right up on the just, shelf. Yeah. Anyway, the the part of the completionist, I think, in me that all of a sudden I'm like. And that (laughs) right. Sometimes being a completionist is really hard. Yes, but sometimes it's really difficult. It is, but you go in with the expectation of like, okay, this is going to be great, and then you're like, oh my god, I'm having my my kidney pulled out through my asshole. No, it's a horrible. (laughs) It's a horrible experience. (laughs) Using a whole fist there, Doc. Oh yeah, I got it. There you go. It just it. 
I struggled with it being framed as a history. And I like history books. I read history books. But this was a miss. It was it was a miss. It was a miss. But it's coming anyway. back for season two. Incredibly. <clears throat> so is Lord of the Rings, which we will save for our yes. next. <laughs> around, which it won't be as long as this last. Because um, I don't think we've got. I've got. I mean, I will be on the road. You won't be. I won't. I'm home for a minute. You're home for a minute. I will be going to L.A. for the Nintendo event, which is uh, a couple of weeks into December, and then uh, New Orleans is calling in January. So I'm not down long. Nope. I get a little break. I get. I get the. Host, host a soiree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get my soiree on. Yeah! <laughs> End of that bombshell. We shall say goodbye. <laughs> give us a like. Give us a share. Let everybody know about your dirty little secret that we are. Uh, but in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night! <laughs>